Greetings, friends. Sam Rojofsky here, News Talk AM840 KXNT. And yes, I think uh, maybe my studio sounds a little bit different today, and that's because I am coming to you uh, live from the Czech Republic, which is in a country in the heart of Europe. We have, uh, we're known for uh, things like beer and hockey. Uh, we, we, uh, <laughs> we export both all over the world, hockey players and, um, and, and some excellent fine beers. I am here, as I may have mentioned to you last week, uh, dropping off my son, and uh, you know he is starting school on Tuesday. Uh, this has been a, a big family ordeal. Uh, you know, we've, we made the decision, Sherry and I, that we would take the opportunity with COVID and all the virtual schooling that is going on back home and that we would uh, take this opportunity and, 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 and send him abroad and have him reconnect with family and, and be here and learn the language better than he, than he does. I'm, uh, we've, we've been through, uh, we've been here several days and I, I've already uh, noticed that his, his language skills are picking up uh, I've always spoken the language to him, but I think over time it just it's a matter of, of practicing it. And if you've got a mother who's American and speaks English and everybody's speaking English and your dad understands English, you know, you just you're never forced to really use it. So he'll be forced to use it. He'll start school on Tuesday, which is also the poor kid's birthday. Ah, oh, imagine that. You you start school in a foreign country on your birthday. So he turns 13, and, 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 and it'll be a, a whole new world for him. So we're very excited. So I am in a town called Nove Miesto. Now let me tell you a little bit about this. This uh, probably, let's see, Prague is the capital of the Czech Republic, and this town is about an hour and a half drive from the center of Prague. And it's a, a beautiful, lovely place. Uh, it was the birthplace of my grandmother, and uh, her uh, home my wife and I own and so I, I, I have the distinct pleasure of broadcasting directly from the place where my grandmother was born. A very, I think, um, a very special thing that I'm able to do today. So uh, we're here. We're here one night, uh, and then um, and then we are headed off to uh, a day early before before school begins, so he can meet his principal and and get settled in the in the city where his. Um, his school will be going on. So I, I'm very excited about that. I have to tell you, very interesting experience flying internationally in the era of COVID. So uh, I obviously I'm able to, to come over to the Czech Republic by virtue of being a Czech citizen. So I, that, that's the, you know, that's the exception right now. They're, they're blocking Americans, but if you've got a European passport, European union, you're able to, uh, you're able to get in. So so the the uh, the first thing is I had to pick up my son in L.A. and so we flew from from Los Angeles got got over to LAX and I have never in my life seen the international terminal at uh, it's called Bradley uh, International Terminal at LAX I have never seen it devoid of people the way it was when I was there this. I don't know, there probably 5,000 people that could fit into that terminal, uh, maybe more, I don't know. But it, there, there were less than, uh, certainly less than 150, 
maybe even less than 100, fewer than 100. Um, and, and it was really just one or two flights that were that were leaving. Our plane that uh, flew through Germany, through Frankfurt, was essentially half uh, or more than half empty. And uh, the airline we took, Lufthansa, they just barely began, uh, uh, res- resumed uh, these international flights and our it was just, it was just, it was fascinating. Uh, definitely felt very safe, given there weren't that many people on board. Um, and I had the, well, everybody's got their mask on, so you really can't look around. But I looked, I looked around the cabin at one point, maybe an hour into the flight, and the guy that was sitting three rows behind me, who had had his mask on, he got on, he looked, I don't know, it's not hippie-ish, but kind of hipsterish. That's the better way to describe him so he comes on and he's got a beaded necklace and he's wearing a a kind of rumpled suit jacket and very comfortable looking linen pants and a hat and he takes his his mask off and i got i know that guy from somewhere and that's when i realized it was owen wilson which of course (laughs) was you it's funny when you see actors in the wire so how owen wilson uh, made his way to Europe. I have no idea, but I can vouch for it that he too is on a European vacation as we speak. So the the trip over was interesting. Uh, the the overall, I mean, the requirement is just to get screened upon arrival. We got screened, Daniel and I, before we left to make sure that we definitely didn't have anything, uh, you know, in our system that would get other people sick. So we took the the quick test screen. At uh, eight in the morning, and then or eight thirty in the morning, and our flight was at three, and we we're able to get results before we got to the airport. So all clear on that. Uh, the, there's a lot in the news, and I, I'm going to get to all the political stuff back home because I've been following it from afar, and I have some some takes on it. But I but I also have to say that the the overall reports right now that European cases are rising. I've even had. People reach out to me are following the check numbers and are saying how, how they're going up and up. You know, I, and I, I spent a couple days in Prague. Now I've been in, in the smaller town outside of the city. But in, in, in either place, in both places, I, I can tell you that people here are over it. They are as over COVID as you and I. And they they probably i would say comparatively right the czech republic did not have it as bad uh as we did uh in parts of the united states uh but they also you know they also are are uh, have you know metropolitan areas and public transportation and so now the 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 protocol is that you wear a mask you're you're obligated to wear a mask on public transit so if you're on the subway, you got to wear a mask. And I would say mask compliance on the subway was 99%. But everywhere else, it's business as usual. We are, people are seated at restaurants. They're seated at bars. They're, they're going out. Chucks are a very social people, uh, which those of you who know me, probably not surprised one bit. We, um, we love to go out and be friendly and talk with people, strangers even. Uh, especially if there's a lot of beer involved. So I, <laughs> what, I, I just the other night I went to a very famous pub called Ufleku, which is the I think maybe the oldest pub in Europe, certainly the oldest pub in the Czech Republic, and it dates all the way back to uh, 1490s. So imagine around the time that Columbus was sailing 
to what would be known as the Americas, Ufleku uh, was starting to brew and serve beer in the heart of Prague. And I went there with a couple of buddies of mine, and, and I have to say, no, I mean, it was just, it was normal. Everybody was there having a grand time. But the only thing that isn't normal about being in Prague, and those of you who've been to Europe, you'll, you'll chuckle when I say this, is there's no tourists. <laughs> there are no tourists. You don't, there, the, you don't have the giant swarm of, of Chinese or Russian or American tourists all huddled together with their respective tour guides. You just have, um, you have small groups of people. You can actually go to the sites like Charles Bridge and Old Town Square and up to the castle and, and not have to elbow your way through the crowd. So it's, in, in some respects, it's really very lovely. And I, uh, I, I, I again, it's, you know, a lot like Las Vegas, we, and we're very dependent in Las Vegas on tourism, so they are also in Prague, and it, and it really needs to pick up in order for these businesses to get back on their feet. But... Uh, but I will say selfishly, kind of fun that it's uh, it, it's been a little bit easier um, to get around. All right, when we come back, I want to – I got to tell you about this Republican convention. And I know – look, I know I've had some strong words about Trump, and I want to tell you. I want to tell you that I think he might have been listening to this show because – the answer to what he needed to do occurred this past week. I will explain. Don't go anywhere. Sam Rajoski, Sam Nation here on News Talk AM 840 KXNT live from the Czech Republic. You got hurt in an accident. Now you need the right lawyer to help you. Don't hire a do-nothing, no-call, no-show lawyer. We are Sam and Ash, and we are different. We've recovered over $400 million for our clients, and we promise to always call you back the same day. While no one can guarantee an outcome in your case, we have the experience to get you the results that you deserve. So call us at 702-820-1234. Or visit samandash.com. Because you deserve what's right. Well, welcome back. Sam Rajofsky, Sam Nation here on News Talk AM 840 KXNT, usually coming to you live from Las Vegas, Nevada. And today, this morning, I am in a substantially cooler place, uh, only in temperature, of course. I am in the Czech Republic in a small town called Nové Město nad Metuji. And this place, I just mentioned earlier, in the program, we're about an hour and a half outside of Prague, and this town is is the birthplace of my grandmother. And my wife and I, we own a home here that is that you know was was purchased by my great grandparents when they set out to form a family. Uh, my great grandfather was a fabric merchant and had a uh, a robust textile uh, business uh, export business. Uh, based here in the town, and he uh, he had four kids. My grandmother, one of them, and and so this this home has been in our family for uh, I, now I would say well over a hundred years. And I, when I was a kid uh, in high school, so when I was sixteen, seventeen, and eighteen, I would come here over my summers. I'd spend my summers here, and I would work at the local castle as a tour guide 
Now, this was a this was a cool experience because I'm a kid that lived in the suburbs. I grew up in uh, in Irvine, in California, and and had I don't know what you know. My life consisted of a lot of stucco and perfectly manicured green belts. And suddenly, I I you know found myself living in this in this very picturesque town, but. Uh, with with tremendous history, right? I think the only oldest thing in Irvine dates back to the seventies, uh, and that's you know some historic track homes uh, that you can see. And here, you know, here the castle that I that I uh, I worked at was well over five hundred years old, and uh, just a really stunning experience. And have lots of friends here that I've made. Uh, I'm still. I'm still friends with one of my fellow tour guides, and this is actually a great story. So my my fellow tour guide, uh, we worked together, and then she went to Prague to become an architect, and she's become a a very a very well known successful architect, and married, and has a great little family, and now she is the one who is helping us uh, remodel and redesign. Uh, this home that we have in this town and and our friendship goes all the way back to us being 16 and working both of us our first job uh, that we ever had in this in this castle right here on the town square so a lot of a lot of old friendships and very very lovely to be here uh, i i have to say that the this Republican convention. Well, I before I get to it, first let me see tell you that it started right as I was headed out of town to come here to the Czech Republic, and so I couldn't watch it live. And the problem with not watching something like this live is that everyone then wants to tell me their impression of it before I've had an opportunity to see it and digest it myself, which is always risky. Uh, because I like to form my own opinion, and I don't like to go with what everybody else is saying. And, and, and when everybody began texting me and emailing me and telling me, wow, that was just a 10 out of 10, how awesome, how amazing, I, my first reaction, of course, is to think, eh, are you so sure I'm – maybe uh, – it makes me more critical. And so I'm looking at the whole thing a lot more critically. So I, I, as soon as I got on the ground here and I had some time with, the, uh, with being jet-lagged and being up you know, at the early hours of the, of the morning, I, I got on my laptop and I started going through the speeches. And I was just absolutely blown away. I mean, the speakers were, for the most part, all excellent. And there were a few standouts. You know, Richard Grinnell gave a tremendous speech. I thought uh, Burgess Owens, uh, who is the former NFL player uh, running, he's a, a, a an African American guy running uh, in Utah's fourth congressional district uh, against uh, Ben McAdams. Interesting guy, absolutely a superhuman being. Gave a fantastic speech, uh, but I, but I also like the non political types, and and one of the standouts was uh, was uh, Dana White who I believe was on the last day of the convention. He, and this is the guy who, who heads up. He's the head of the UFC. And, you know, he gave such a great, concise argument for why Trumpism, right, and, and, and in, its, in its raw economic sense, is such a boon for this country. He talked about the necessity uh, of, 
of continuing to deregulate our economy. The importance of having a leader that believes in small business, that believes in free enterprise, that believes in banking, that believes that we are better doing things on our own than we are with the government's help and largesse. And I, and he just, you know, Dane is one of these guys who was very early on during COVID, as we started getting through it, was, was really pushing to have live entertainment back. And he spoke about it very passionately in his, in his remarks. And I, I just, I, it was very, it was very, very good. Rudy Giuliani actually did a, a pretty a decent job. Uh, I, I could not believe, now, I know they have to give these speaking assignments, but Mitch McConnell, oh my God, I, I don't even know if he's, I don't know if he's even alive. He, he just, it was the most, it's like um, almost a, a self-parody of Mitch McConnell. So it was not a, it was not nothing much to look at, but um, Nikki Haley obviously blew it. She blew it out of the, out of the park. And it was, but it was a more than just any of the individual speakers or the totality of the speakers. It, it, it was really also, I have to say there was something about the fit and finish of this thing. And if you saw some portion of the, of the national convention of the RNC convention, I mean, you've got you to gotta recognize that this thing had a real polish to it. It, it. it just, every one of the speeches, one flowed into the other. The music was good. The videography was good. The, the, the graphics that are backing everything up, all of that was really high-end. And I bring this up because the, the, the one thing that struck me the previous week about the Democratic Convention was how it just had a certain tackiness to it. It, it wasn't very, it wasn't very polished, and it almost reminded me of of maybe an elementary school or a high school that has the video set up for morning announcements. I don't know if your kids have something like this in their school, but you know that they you go to the principal's office or the front office wherever, and they've got a camera set up. And they, they beam the event from the principal's office to every TV that's in every other every classroom, you know. And, and uh, you got the class president that gets up there and talks. And, I mean, it's cute because they're kids, right? And, and they're, they're trying. But, it, <laughs> but the Democrats had had the same feel to it. It, it felt like it was being broadcast from the principal's office. Uh, and and maybe it <laughs> well maybe it had the same uh, feeling of it like we were being scolded and the Republican convention on the other hand it was a celebration of all the things that make this country incredible and the biggest lie ever told about us is that this is about racism bigotry about exclusion. It's a terrible lie. It's a sticky lie because it's an easy smear. But what was absolutely obvious from watching the RNC this past week is that this is a party of tremendous inclusion, of a party of positivity, a party of optimism. And it's that optimism and that inclusion that, that this is what Americans crave. This is the great unifier. 
BLM is not unifying. There's nothing unifying about it. What's unifying, what brings us together, is getting opportunities, seizing on opportunities, helping one another seize those opportunities to realize dreams and to make it happen. And so many of the speakers that were featured had exactly that in their message. And, it, and I cannot imagine that as people watching this thing, taking it in, following up on YouTube, I saw somewhere that this, you know, that, that Biden got more, more views than, than Trump. Ratings, I mean. And I thought, well, I mean, the, uh, people, were, people were probably betting on, the, on, the, on, on, on whether he was going to drop dead in the middle of a speech. So I, I guess more interest in it to see it live. I, I will say that, uh, that I, I looked at the – I was looking at all these on YouTube. You know, I had to see all the speeches after the fact. And the views on these, on these speeches on YouTube were – I mean, they were in the millions. And so my takeaway is that a lot of people watch this, at least certainly the important ones. So, for example, I would say not very many people tuned in just specifically for Leader Mitch McConnell. But they did tune into these speeches, and they were and, – and I, and I saw also you know, on YouTube where they have a little thumbs up and the thumbs down. A fascinating thing, huge amount of thumbs up, overwhelmingly, even on Trump's speech. And I'm telling you, the message that was in this convention, this is the message to have. Trump has been lost in the wilderness with his stupid tweets attacking insignificant people. And I have been, I know, I have been, many of you have expressed your, 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 um, your outrage with me that I've been, I have been so critical of him. But it, it's, 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 I'm... I'm sorry. I call it as I see it, and I, I am. I, I'm just. I, if this is the message that Trump and the entire team can stay on from now until November, they can win this thing. I mean, it's not even. It's not even close. So when we come back, more about this because I got one other really important point I want to share with you. Sam Rajovsky, Sam Nation here, live from the Czech Republic. News Talk AM eight forty KXNT. Ash, what about those insurance ads with catchy jingles? And the lawyer commercials. The jingles might get stuck in your head, but they're designed to do one thing, distract you. Distract you from hiring the right professional team to represent you. Choose reputation over shtick. Sam and I are real personal injury attorneys who focus on you and your recovery. Call us anytime, 702-820-1234. Or visit samandash.com. Because you deserve what's right. Hi, Sam Rajovsky back here live from the Czech Republic News Talk AM 840 KXNT, and this is Sam Nation. All right, before I forget something about the convention, I it was Trump on the on the last night, he's he delivered his 70-minute speech. And one of the things that that he did to great criticism was he gave it before a live audience. 
It was such a dig at Biden because Biden's speech, I don't believe for one minute was live. I mean, that was pre-recorded. They probably had to do it 10 times. And he only spoke for, you know, five and a half minutes. I don't know, a very short amount of time uh, because he does have problems and his mental faculties are ailing. I think this is very interesting. And and it was a it was very deliberate that Trump gave it in front of a large group of people. Now got a lot of criticism because in the age of COVID, looking out at the at the audience, not a lot of social distancing. Also, very few masks. Uh, but don't worry, the protesters outside were not socially distancing themselves either, and there was quite a bit of commotion. You could hear some of the air horns. That the uh, that the Antifa BLM folks outside were blasting, trying to drown out Trump's speech, and you almost see Trump relishing in this thing. I, he just was loving it, loving that they were <laughs> that they were out there uh, hating on him. And he, and he, it was you know the speech was funny. It alternated between being funny and between being very serious, but it was an, an it was an absolute burial of Joe Biden. I mean, he didn't, Trump did not pull a single punch when it came to attacking Biden. It was brutal. It was merciless. And if, you know, I I, I read uh, somewhere a piece in, in, I think, the New York Post, I think Michael Goodwin, perhaps, but he, you know, it was all about just how, if this were a, a heavyweight boxing match, uh, at some point, the ref would have just would have just um, would have just given up. I would have would have would have called the fight uh, to prevent uh, Joe Biden from being absolutely uh, buried the way he was. And, but I my take on it too, besides just wanting to prove that he has the vitality and the strength to speak in front of an audience, a live audience, uh, to have what you know to be up there on on stage and 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 all that. Th- Two things. One, that delivers energy to Trump. Trump is at his best in front of people. And, and, I, you know, and I've said this before. I think one of the greatest downsides to running in the age of COVID for Trump personally is that he doesn't have his rallies. And the rallies are, are extremely important to him and to his mojo. And so, I, I, again, I, I, my sense is that he designed this in a way to, to have that audience, to have that live audience. He thrives with it. A number of times he he got the uh, you know the 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 group to chuckle and laugh with him. I mean he's just a tremendously entertaining guy, even when he's got a, a prompter speech. But I think the other part of this is that this was a warning shot to the Biden camp to not do a live debate. And I think this will be a pivotal thing. Uh, I there is in no world does Biden want a live debate with Trump. And Trump just gave him basically a taste, not a taste. He gave him a waterboarding sample of what it will be like to face Trump on a stage live with the country tuned in. By the way, you want to know ratings? The ratings of something like that, of a, of a Trump-Biden, live Trump-Biden debate. I mean, come on. That... <laughs> Gonna, I mean, it's gonna break the uh, the Nielsen records. Well, because everybody knows, even even my friends that love Biden and hate Trump, and and not they don't love Biden, but they, they maybe like him and and think he's a good guy. 
Uh, fair enough, right? But they they uh, they they acknowledge to me privately that they, they they don't want to see a debate at all. The problem with not seeing a debate is I think that Americans as a whole fundamentally have have senses of fair play and don't see that as a, as as fair play. And it's also tremendously weakening to have somebody running for the most important office and to be perceived right as as shying from a fight. If you're shying from a fight in the election, what other fights are you going to shy from uh, once you're in office, right? And, and, and that's where you, you can't be a weak person. And, it, it, and the reason I say that Trump was already pre-framing this argument is that was the thrust of his speech. That Trump, in that speech, he kept going after how, how Biden's a nice guy and he suffered and we got it, we understand but the world is not a nice place, and the world needs a street fighter. You know, the other speakers, they, they mention this too. You know, they, they try to you know, soften some of Trump's edges and, and, uh, and whatnot, and, but, but they also mention how, it, how you know, the, the guy, the tough guy from New York, that's really what you need when you're dealing with China, Iran, Russia, and other bad actors on the, on the international stage. But I think Trump, I just, I really see it that they know that Biden doesn't want to debate. They probably, they, they're already setting up the argument that Biden's a weak guy. And that's the problem, right, with the Democrats having gone first with their convention. Because the, the Democratic convention summed up in a brief statement. It was a love-in for BLM. And it was a, a very much a soft touch, a softer America. Now, the problem is that suburban housewives, and I know because I'm married to one, they're not into soft touch when they think that perhaps some people are going to come into their neighborhood and burn it the frick down. Pardon my French. No, no, people are not excited about a soft touch. Now, if everything was hunky-dory and BLM were protesting and the left wasn't so stupid that it was shooting itself into its own foot, this message that Biden has could be, could be a winner. But it's not a winner against a backdrop of places like Kenosha, Wisconsin, that are on fire. They're literally on fire. And everybody's looking at Wisconsin going, okay, okay now that's now, I see, okay, so... L.A., I don't like to live in L.A. Okay, um, Chicago, no, 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 we don't live in Chicago. Kenosha, Wisconsin? That looks like my town. And those squishy, you know, middle ground swing voters, you know, the, the, the unicorn in the wild that every pollster wants to find and analyze and understand. Those people, I am telling you, they don't like Trump's tweets. But the idea of having... Uh, you know, their town look like Kenosha. Uh, that's a non-starter. And so because the Democrats went soft first, and that was their message, to be soft, to be the nicer, kinder, more gentle, excuse me, gentler version of America, it gave Trump the opportunity against the backdrop of, suburb, of a suburban, suburban town on fire, gave him the opportunity to go in strong. And the criticism, right, from the, from the get-go, from the mainstream media, was that, that Trump was dark, you know, and, and that it was, you know, aggressive and whatnot. But the reality is, is it, for many people, I think that that message resonates. 
and to the extent that he can avoid going on Twitter and, and, and again, just running his mouth about things that are irrelevant and diminishing to him, uh, I think is, is, is essential. Law and order, the economy, low taxes, deregulation, okay? Uh, if I mentioned, did I mention immigration, right? These are things, right? This is the magic ingredients for a winning stew. This is the stew that wins, all right? And, and you just keep talking about these points. You keep going down these points. A number of notable people that I know and that I listen to and, and I'm, I'm persuaded by who felt that Trump was absolutely you know, out in left field privately, you know, publicly, they giving him lots of, lots of accolades, but privately were wringing their hands, are absolutely elated right now. And a number of people who I don't know who are who were publicly very much uh, very much disappointed and 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 like me frankly having a sense that that it was being lost not for the issues that CNN says right it's never what they say it's, it's a it's not because Trump is racist or it's not that he's a bigot or not that any of those things it's that he's undisciplined and they say that too but but the lack of discipline in the last few months has been. Uh, has been appalling, and and maybe that, and as I, and, and this is a this my final point on the on the RNC is that this whole thing was tremendously well done, well put together, clearly had Trump's own touches on it, and 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 fact of the matter is that behind the scenes, this effort, this campaign is a is a well oiled machine, because the the amount of effort I know this, I know a thing or two about media, I. I advertise heavily, and I, I, I've done this for, for myself and other businesses. I'm, I, I'm telling you, this, this whole convention was really a top-shelf production. And so I'm, you know, I am, I, I'm just absolutely uh, blown, blown. I was blown away by it and clearly shows me that, that the behind-the-scenes efforts here, very well organized, absolutely top-shelf. Okay. Uh, when we come back, I'm gonna. I want to talk a little bit about Kenosha, and maybe I'm gonna get Daniel here from the other room to just say a few words about his pending assignment. As horrible parents, if you haven't followed the program or don't know this, his parents, uh, that would be me and my wife. Horrible people decided to send him to the Czech Republic for the year, given that there is no in-person school, and there is, uh, well, yeah, there's no. <laughs> He can he can be on his laptop for the next uh, eight months uh, and play video games, or he can go to the Czech Republic and learn uh, improve his Czech and uh, and get to know another culture and reconnect with his family roots. I think that that is a a definite win. But I, I also want to talk about Kenosha because I it's so funny. I, a number of stations asked me to comment about it uh, right as the first video. Uh, came out of the police officer shooting, uh, shooting the gentleman in his back, uh, and I uh, and and of course I I just I these are these are these are the times you never want to be on the radio to have an opinion because dangerous dangerous stuff. I, I think I handled it well. I'll tell you about that uh, when we come back because um, because I think there have been a, a lot of extraordinarily bad takes. Quite honestly, Sam Rajovsky, Sam Nation, here on News Talk AM eight forty KXNT, coming to you live from the Czech Republic.
If you've been injured in an accident, you need the right team on your side. Ashley is a former insurance defense attorney who knows the insurance industry's playbook. And Sam is an experienced high-stakes negotiator for accident victims and their families. At Sam and Ash, our sole focus is on you, your recovery, and getting you the best possible settlement in the least amount of time. Call us day or night at 702-820-1234 or visit samandash.com. Because you deserve what's right. And welcome back. Sam Rajofsky, Sam Nation here on News Talk AM 840 KXNT. Uh, Happy Sunday. I'm coming to you live from the Czech Republic. Normally, this program comes to you every Sunday right uh, from Las Vegas. I was going to say right here. Uh, Not from right here where I'm at, but uh, from Las Vegas. And and, um, for one thing that is really nice about being here is that it's a little bit cooler than back home. I keep checking the temperature. And, and when I tell my friends here how hot it's been the last couple of weeks in Vegas, they, they get like a physical reaction from it. They just, they just start to shake. Uh, they can't even process it. You know, I have to convert it into, into Celsius. And we were, we were almost at – we were like at 47 degrees Celsius, 48 degrees Celsius at one point, which if you're from Europe and you're listening to spring, you know, I mean, it really sounds hot. You do not get temperatures like that. Uh, anywhere really on the continent here. So uh, kind of a crazy story. Anyway, so you guys have all heard now that the reason I'm here is to drop off my son to go to school. He's going to do the seventh grade starting on Tuesday. And my son's name is Daniel, and I've got him right here. Now we're sharing, I guess, you know, these are we're this is a traveling circus here right now, folks. So we've got only one microphone and um, Doctor Audio is back at HQ, so we, you know, we we can't we can't. We're, it's very unpolished, unprofessional operation here right now. Uh, but Daniel, say hi. Hello. So Daniel, <laughs> what are how on a well, you're you're going to be going to school and, and starting a, a brand new school in two days. You've never been to the school, right? How scared are you? A scale of one through ten. I'm not very scared. I'm like more excited, but a little bit scared. I'd say I'd give it like a four or three. A four of a th- maybe that. five. Well, that's pretty good. So, all right. So, what do, what is it that has you most terrified about this? What what makes it a four? That I have to learn a different language, and that that's going to be tough. Yeah, I mean, now the good news is that you know you've we've I've spoken a lot of Czech to you over the last. 13 years so you and, and grandma and grandpa have but i mean is this that now you're going to have to actually be forced to speak it and and there's people gonna there are people around you who don't speak any english you know that so that's that is that that's the hard part yep <laughs> okay so um so now you've you've been here a couple days we're getting ready you know we've we've done a lot of visits with family we spent some time in prague and we visited a city called Hradec where we have family, and, and now we've made our way to Novemiesto. What do you, what what have been some of your impressions so far? Everything's a little bit like older in where America's. Everything's almost like pretty much newly built, so it's like the style and architecture is different everywhere you go, and I feel like that's really cool to see. You like it? Yeah. Hmm. Well, good. No, I mean it is old. I mean, you know, you you grew up in Irvine. 
And I think I said last segment, I don't know if you were listening, but, <laughs> you know, the average age of something in Irvine is, is, is what, 15 years old? So, or 20 years old? So this is very different. The, the house that we're in is uh, over, over 150 years old. So that's, that's crazy. And that's one of the new houses on the block. So anyway, well, I, I think you're going to have a great time. I think this is going to be spectacular. What about the food? Tell me about the food. I miss good, like, burgers. But overall, <laughs> the food's really good. It's, I've had, I don't think I've had one thing that I didn't like yet. Are you glad? Okay, so the food's good. You survived the food. Actually, you're you're a very good eater. Now, are you are you happy to not have to do school online? Yes, I am. Wait, you're hesitating. I thought you were excited not to do it online. Oh, I just don't get to play video games. Online. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, that's the best part because there's no video games the whole year. It's gonna be fantastic. So if if any of you want. Uh, some some input uh, and 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 I'll I'll let you guys I'll keep you guys updated on how this goes. Well, Daniel, all right, you can go, you can go play on your iPad now. I I, I appreciate it. Thanks for being a good sport and joining us. But yeah, we, we mom and I love you, and we're so proud of you. And this is going to be such a great experience for you. And I I uh, you know it's going to hurt. You have you have no idea how much till you have kids of your own. You'll have no idea how much we truly love you, and. No parent is ever ready to let go of their kid, which is why some parents hold on to their kids. Uh, you may not know this, but hold on to them forever. Uh, you know, and there's like 30 year olds living at home with mom. Uh, that's a thing. But you know, we think you're you're mature enough and old enough, and and I you know you really are just a mature, good kid that is going to benefit from this tremendously. And and we think you're going to be be awesome, but but it hurts. It hurts us like hell. So we're we're gonna we're gonna miss you. All right, love you, buddy. Love you too, Dad. And I'm gonna miss you ton. Oh, all right. Well, here I got to finish the show. Get in there before I start crying. Okay. All right. He's already crying. No, I'm not crying. I'm not crying. All right. Well, friends, uh, there we have it. My son, who's headed to the, uh, to, who's headed to school in the Czech Republic, uh, come. Not that long from now. Uh, he's starting uh, the day after tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. Where does time fly? Uh, yeah, uh, my wife uh, and, and daughters dropped us off at the airport when we were leaving, and that was, that was, that was heavy, I got to tell you. Um, that was heavy. And plus, my wife, you know, given that she's not a Czech citizen, can't even come here and, and be with us, right, because of all the closures and and restrictions uh, because of COVID-19. So this has just been a, a, an exceptionally difficult time to do something like this. But then again, on the other hand, um, probably one of the, one of the better times uh, to do it. So I, I will keep you posted on all of this. So I want to talk a little bit here about Kenosha. Uh, this is a, a small uh, town, a place in Wisconsin. And the thing about it is there, there was a, a shooting there. I, I, I was right before I left on my, on my trip here. Uh, suddenly, I, I, a video popped up, and it was extremely disturbing. And what you could see is you, you, it started, uh, it was, I think, shot from across the street, and it, and it showed officers surrounding a car, and there was another individual uh, whose name we learned later uh, is Jacob Blake, 
and he apparently was uh, what he was near the front passenger side of the car, and he was not listening to the officers. The officers followed him around. The door was open, and they they were getting him away from the door, the passenger side door. So he then follow him around in front of the car, and he 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 tries to get back into the car. And they uh, pull on his shirt, and he breaks free, and then one of the officers shoots him in the back. I saw the video. We didn't have information at the time. I think, like many of you, I was nearly certain that the that the young man had, had uh, was dead. I mean, it was just, there were so many bullets. It was it was a terrible thing to watch. And immediately, a, a number of stations around here in Las Vegas asked me to comment on it as a attorney, as a as a legal analyst. And you know, my my the only take I would give anybody uh, was the right one. And as everybody was melting down about what had happened, I I said it could be anywhere from justified, homis- you know, a justified homicide, justified shooting to to murder one. And we don't know. But the critical thing in this video is, and we still don't have any point of view. We don't have any of the the body cam footage. And all of that, you know, all of that will be available in due time. But what we, what I, you know, and I've, I've, I've taken apart a number of these cases myself because I have worked extensively on these cases. And I have to say, the most, the most important thing is that they were already, before he walked around to the other side of the car, they were worried about him reaching for something in that car. There was something inside of that vehicle that they didn't want him, because they were, when the video started shooting, it was extremely tense, extremely tense. And they got him away from the vehicle, and there was less tension, and the closer he got to the vehicle, again at the front of the vehicle, the 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 body language was was so stressed on the part of the officers and i and my my first reaction in my head is there must be some kind of a weapon or a fear of some kind of a weapon so this is one where we just have to wait we have to wait to figure this thing out all right we are out of time just like that it was a great uh, hour here uh, live from the czech republic sam Rajovsky, sam nation news talk m840 catch us on stitcher spotify apple podcast and tune in Love you guys. Have a wonderful uh, Sunday, and I will see you again, talk to you here uh, next week.